Hey, this is Your Aunties Could Never, a podcast where you get to hear from your favourite aunties who have all the real talk with our thoughts on what's going on in the world. We'll be reminiscing about what it was like back in our day, and most importantly, we'll be helping you sort out your daily dilemmas with advice only your coolest aunties can give. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with... Auntie Farah. Auntie Nana. Auntie Sade. And Auntie Sarita. So hey, aunties, what have you heard? Well, I have been on social media and like it's been going mad about this whole these french doctors that wanted to do testing in africa and they were just Mm. so blasé about it like yes when when we're doing the vaccine we need to go to africa and test it on the africans first you know like we did with prostitutes and the hiv virus and all this stuff and i was flipping outraged along with the rest of the world i just read that the director general actually i just looked at his speech the director general of who just Mm. came out and um condemned them and said that this colonialist um, mentality needs to stop once and for all and it's about us being united. Can you believe that this is still going on in this day and age? That people are still thinking that Africa's a testing ground? It incensed me, it enraged me and actually when I read it I might have been in a bit of an emotional state. It brought tears to my eyes. I don't know why. We're so used to racism, we're so used to being despised but for some reason the, the audacity and the confidence in which these two doctors had this casual conversation on live TV thinking that there's nothing wrong with what they're saying and my first question is why are we so damn hated? We've never really had that resolved answer we all have hypothetical theories and stuff like that but the first reaction to hearing that i was just emotional i was like what the is going on this is what i can't get my head around where does it come from it feels like we're still in the 80s with that what was the christmas song about do they know it's christmas like the whole continent they see as this famine state of people that live in huts and that's about it i can't understand why they're still thinking like this like where does it come from you know what the thing is i would probably have it's not respect but more understanding if there was some honesty as to why they continually test on black people if it was just like you know what the thing is genetically you guys have the code that cracks everybody else's so when we test on you it's like our medicine's are stronger or better or whatever the reasons are if they were honest with why their default is to just go to africa that would be one thing but also it's the lack of uh, integrity of many of the leaders that are running various african countries where you know they don't care about their people especially the poor so they will have this going on for a few mil like it, it would be nothing for them to say yes you can set up your NGOs and start testing on our people. That's the bit that I find actually more hurtful. It's not even just the scientists. It's actually that the governments will be compliant. That's exactly how I feel as well. I think it was the Prime Minister of the Democratic Republic of Congo. It was the first story out that they're the first country to, African country to agree to it. And I haven't seen enough kind of confirmation, but then I think after that was announced, there was a lot of black backlash. Didier Drogba and another footballer called him out and said, listen, Africa's not for testing. We're not guinea pigs out here. And then so far that like the the rumour mill said that the president, the prime minister backtracked and said he wouldn't approve vaccine testing until after the Western countries have tested on their own people. But then at the same time, we don't know. All these countries who are absolutely cap in hand have, are crippled by debt to these Western countries. Behind closed doors, they'll still make the deals and you won't know because which villager who has nothing, we offered a few of that country's currency and then just take, you know, take the test. There's so much misinformation and insecurity about everything that we cannot even trust when they announce that. Uh, even the guy from WHO saying that, um, this no longer going to happen. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. I don't trust any government like that. So it's going back to the whole why. So, okay, why is it they test all the bad things in Africa? But when it comes to like maternity-led information, I had my doctor say, look, your stats will be different to what are recorded. So every t- single time I've been pregnant, oh, you're having a big baby, you're having a big baby. And then my last doctor was like, you know what? Ignore these stats because these stats are collected from white female people. Your stats are going to be completely different. So why is there all these stats are okay to be collected from Africa, but when it's collectively, we need this information for good, you somehow have done a test on 
white people what's the difference just be honest <laughs> it's just interesting that this has come from france and because this is one of the countries who still has a major hold on a lot of african countries yeah. and still enforces that they pay them from the slavery days it's just a signifier to the european you know obviously we're part of that but their stance on africa do you know what i mean they think they still own it they think they can do what they want and it's just because of the society we live in now and the power of social media that backlash has actually happened had we not been in this situation where we are now with social media i don't think i think that would have gone ahead easily and with no very little like uproar about it how do you think things will change because i suppose after all this yes people have protested i wonder to what extent it will be effective because there's been lots of backlash and people have been really angry like there's i think the same feeling i had i saw a lot of outpouring on social media but how effective are do you think african leaders are actually going to take it into account do they sometimes i i sit back and think do they understand how we're viewed or is it just simply as simply as nana says they don't care, so they're just, it's about chopping money and keeping their minions happy and then the rest of the country falls to pot. You know, we hope after this lockdown, the world will come back and emerge as a whole new person, a whole collective new humanity society, but I don't know, I don't, I don't trust it. I don't think it's as simple as it will change, but I think in a couple of generations, yeah. it probably will, with a, like, the stronghold on the African leaders will probably start to dissipate because the other thing is really it's it's the education so a lot of them are educated in the West so you already have that same mindset as you would Donald Trump or the Bushes like it's the same mindset they're just black so if that continues and it will be harder because there's such a disconnect from rich and poor but maybe as society changes and information gets out to various different types of people and poor people as well. Maybe it won't be so easy to have NGOs set up camp and give you injections for things. Maybe people will be more wiser, more skeptical to actually allow that to take place. I would really hope in the light of all the flaws and holes in our systems across the world that they would really look at cancelling world debt. I mean, I don't even understand why it exists in the first, like, no, of course I understand why it exists, but how it's been allowed to continue, and especially somewhere like France, that you're actually allowed to recoup money because you're lo- you've made losses because of slavery. I, I mean, I don't understand what kind of world, I mean, this is why this is happening, isn't it, really? <laughs> the world is like, are you freaking mad, you people? I have no faith in humanity. All these African and Caribbean countries are in so much debt and my thing is never about reparation if they cancelled debt we would all be in such a better place all the countries in the world that owe money to these western countries we're never ever ever going to be out of debt because situations like this happen and they give them more debt just keeps increasing increasing and they're just constantly paying shit off i just feel like if they just cancelled it we'd all be in a better place but they're not going to because this is still the way that they see us. We're still their property. It's just wrapped up in different packaging. This shit's been going on for fucking centuries. It's just constant. But really, I would love one day that all of Africa just shut down and just closed it all off. Wakanda. And we just resorted it all out and shared our resources because really all it is is it's not even just the debt. It's the fact that you're constantly stealing and pillaging our resources to make the West wealthy. And then on top of that, to add insult to injury, then you're going to be like, and you're in debt. It's like, how can a burglar come and steal from you and then be at your door every day being like, you have to (laughs) owe me now. And that's the thing. It's like, actually, I hope the youth really do rise up and take their country and just shut it down, close borders, do a China. So like, we're going to rebuild ourselves and then we're going to come out with our world domination. I'm always going between utopia or takeover. And at this moment, I'm more like, look, let's just take back our shit. I agree. Next story. All right, so I was watching Donald Trump's state of address that he does most evenings. He went live to the nation and gave a kind of impassioned, like, get well soon for Boris Johnson. But as I'm watching it, I swear it came across like threatening. Like it wasn't straight up, I wish you well. It was a bit like, you know, he's a good guy. 
he always stands up for what's right and he's persistent and he perseveres. It was like a do what we have told you to do so you come out of <laughs> hospital. And at one point he did say or as well. It was a bit like, you know, because when you go to intensive care, it can be a bit ropey. Like, it was just like, hang on, is this a threat? Did anybody else notice that? I didn't watch it, but I can imagine Trump <laughs> doing that. And I think this is what the issue is with, you know, the UK is he's in a very serious position and don't wish death on anybody. But that's what we're looking at at the end of the day. He told us that himself. I think what the underlying issue with Trump is or what he's really saying between the lines, he's saying the next in line, you need to do what I've asked Boris to do <laughs> if it comes to it. That's basically what he's saying. Don't forget. <laughs> what we agreed but what I'm hoping is that they don't do that is it Dominic Saab and yeah. he's the person who's next in charge at the moment and I'm hoping he uses this as opportunity to renegotiate everything and I think the UK being so tied to the US is mm. detrimental to us I don't know how we can survive this by being so close to them we need to be like Switzerland we need to yeah. be our own little island and we need to mind our business and like getting involved in Trump he's a maniac the country's in uh, absolute mess. I don't know how they're going to come back from this because they acted too slowly and at the moment as well. It seems like the high proportion of black people are dying, uh, vulnerable and poor and don't have good health care and all that kind of stuff. Those are the people that are dying in hundreds, coming up to thousands. I think something really needs to change with them, but we don't have that influence on them. As a country, as the UK, we need to do our own thing. Even if we separate and do our own thing, I don't trust what's going to happen in our own bubble either. The new Labour leader, Keir Starmer, Stanmer, Starmer? How do you say his surname? Starmer. Starmer. Um, when I saw him, I just thought, this looks like more of the same. And I am judging him on his looks, which I always tell my mum off because she didn't like Jeremy because he looked scruffy. So I'm always <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you can't judge someone with looks. However, I look at Keir and I think, well, this just looks like another not for the people person but i haven't studied his legacies and what he's about i don't know if anyone else has anything to contribute in light of the fact that if dominic has to step in then we will have some sort of election some down the line and it could be keir starmer who's our new prime minister potentially he's definitely from that blairite when the labor party was almost like the conservative the left side of a conservative party he's a part of that type of um his policies what he's backed and stuff it's really very um, right-wing labor so again, stark contrast to Jeremy Corbyn, but obviously we can see Jeremy was too left for anybody, Labour Party and the nation, to really take seriously. So I'm so not like better to be with the Labour government over a Tories because sometimes both of them have done shitty things to black people and minorities. Yeah. So it's more what the policies are and then you can't even trust policies. He could win though. As somebody to bring in a Labour government, this guy is probably closer to making that happen if something does happen to Boris. If Boris did die, there would need to be an election, wouldn't there? No? Could no, you... because that's what happened with... Um... Theresa May. Say, that was also with Gordon Brown, so he took over from Tony Blair, didn't he? Those yeah. prime ministers weren't elected. Even yeah. Boris wasn't originally elected. He just called yeah. an election eventually because he felt that he could win it. So, yeah. The policies that are being put in place by the Conservative government now are Labour policies as yes, well. True. So, yeah. I, I would be interested to see how it's going to turn out after this anyway, because if this is what people like and they appreciate it, we might still have a Conservative government. I don't think it's necessarily going to change that much, you know, for us mm. um, internally. But I just think like our positioning with the US, appreciate Trump mentoring Boris, but <laughs> <laughs> go away, man. No one wants to hear that yeah. from you. That stuff's not changing. Them man swear allegiances and they are too in bed with America. There's a line of like communication between them that we will never never ever know about and it's been going on for donkey's years since america became dependent from britain that ain't never ever happening they call them cousins for a reason yeah i mean they are so okay my story is kind of like a personal story and i'm quite deeply upset about it we don't know what's going to be happening with afro nation and it's really sad <laughs> because i'm supposed to be going afro nation portugal in july and right now Put all the stuff aside, obviously, 
obviously, you know, people are dying and that's very serious. Appreciate that. But yeah, I'm really trying to have something to look forward to. Obviously, we don't really know when this thing is going to end, hopefully end sooner rather than later. But right now, I'm just a bit confused with what Afro Nation is doing. So they put out a statement the other day, basically saying, don't ask us no more questions, is it? That's basically what they said in the statement. And I was just like, number one, is this how to run a business? I'm not sure about that. That's the service, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it gonna actually be happening? What should I what should I do? It's kinda like <laughs> what should the people who have Afro Nation tickets do, yeah? That's so black. Don't ask me no more questions. I said it already. Don't ask me no more questions. That's basically what they're saying to you, lot. No, I'm part of the Afro Nation contingency. Um <laughs> And also part of the Santorini contingency. So I'm going to, well, supposed to be going to Afro We're not going nowhere. Okay, supposed to be going to Afro Nation with Auntie Sade and supposed to be going to Santorini with Auntie Farah. It looks like we ain't going nowhere. I'm sitting here twiddling my thumb because I'm part of the her people that are waiting to hear information from the team organisers. That's Don't ask rude. me no more questions. My daughter and her friends have bought tickets to Wireless. Wireless are not saying anything. What a lot of places are doing are waiting for people to get fed up and cancel so then they don't owe them anything. Whereas people who are smart are waiting for them to officially cancel it, then they're entitled to a refund. That's the simple black and white of it. So I think that comparatively, if we give a little bit of an inch to the Afro nations of the places, even though we know that it really can't go ahead, if places like Wireless as well are also hedging their bets and waiting a bit before it becomes official that they absolutely have to cancel then they have a window but they have to communicate a lot better and not be telling people to shut the f up and not ask no questions that's not how you treat your customers i think what a lot of them are doing is looking at alternatives and i say that because of what ibiza and soca festival have done so they were booked for may so they looked at alternatives and they've postponed it until october i would like to think that super duper and afro nation that's what they're doing as well because they've got a little bit more time but realistically, nothing ain't happening in June. I'm just confused as to what you do if, say, for example, best case scenario, the borders open and we're able to fly, but these events have cancelled. People like me, we've booked our hotel separately. So the hotel people could turn around and say, no, 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 you can't cancel because you can still come here. What do we do then? Like, certain things are paid for. So there's a massive potential stitch up. But on a good note, I did get my money back from Virgin. Let me rephrase that. They said they're going to give me back my money. Guess how long they said it's going to take? Three months. Ninety? Nine zero days for my (laughs) refund. Ninety days! I could marry an American in that time. Ninety days! Ninety days! That's what I'm saying! Do you know what I'm trying to say? Ninety days I could have myself a whole new husband. In ninety days. I reckon it's because they've used all the money and they're waiting for the government bailout. Because they must have, like, millions of people to refund. Sade, I'm, I feel upset for you too, because I have no plans now for the year. My Why? multiple holidays have just been shot out of the water. A family festival called Camp Festival, which is what me and my kids usually go to, they haven't said anything. And I'm like, I've been invited to go because um, I'm a blogger and everything like that. But I haven't actually said yes, because I'm like, it's blatantly not going to happen. It's in July. <laughs> but they haven't actually said anything. And I'm keeping an eye, but their tickets are still on sale. So I'm like... How can you really keep your ticket sales open when you know blatantly no one's going anywhere in July? Your festival's in your garden. <laughs> in it. My daughter was saying that people are reselling tickets and making, like the young people, the youngins, are reselling mm. tickets and making money. And I thought this would be the worst time to be trying to resell tickets. We said, Mum, that's what's happening. I don't know, you know, kids, they talk crap, but... She was saying that her friends who've got tickets to places are reselling them for double the price. Listen, if my child told me that she bought tickets to anywhere from somebody, I'd punch her. I would. Sorry, I'm not taking it back. Who is buying a ticket? <laughs> Who's buying these price tickets? That's what I was going to say. what? Right now? It? What, like, why would you buy a ticket, though? That's what I mean. Right now, I regret purchasing all of the tickets I've purchased for the year. <laughs> like, I'd like my money back, please, you know? <laughs> But yeah, so I guess we just, again, we have to wait and see. So my story is about um, the things that they're trying to ban or they have banned or encouraging us to stop doing whilst we're on lockdown. So apparently 1.3 billion smokers have been urged to quit to reduce COVID-19 risks. 
The cigarette industry is urged to stop making tobacco. As a study says, smokers with COVID-19 are more likely to be seriously ill. So Professor John Newton, Public Health England's Director of Health said, there has never been a more important time to stop smoking, not only for your own health, but to protect those around you, which is all a very good message. And also in South Africa, it's said that they've banned the sale of alcohol. What would you lot do if alcohol was banned over here? Do you think it's the right time to encourage people to stop doing the things that physically harm them in, in the majority? And what would be your worst nightmare? What could they ban? Say, look, listen, because of this lockdown, you lot, we're banning this. What would be your worst thing? Hello, South <laughs> Africa. Why are you trying to steal my joy? My one <laughs> and only vice to get me through the evenings after homeschooling <laughs> and being a maid and being a counsellor and being everything that I have to do in this house. Let me have my wine. I'm not an alcoholic. I have my wine most days. I enjoy it. Let me have it. I don't smoke, but I have shisha <laughs> as a special treat. Why are you trying to steal my joy? What else am I going to do? So I have a limited diet because there's certain things that I can't eat. Therefore, I can't just go into the cupboard and have chocolate. Let me have my shisha and wine. That's it. I haven't been drinking for Lent, although I'm not questioning, but I was just using the time. So I haven't been drinking. So I'm okay not having alcohol at the moment. However, I think it's really dangerous to do things like that because there's some people with like serious addictions and they need to be weaned off those things. So having a cold, hard cut, stop from it. It's not, it's never, it's never a good solution. And it's kind of taking away people's freedoms a little bit as well. Personally, I think I'm all right at the moment because I've got the internet. If we didn't have the internet, there's no way I could do this. There's no way I could be quarantined at all. I would be a mess, 100%. I wouldn't be able to recognise myself at all, so. <laughs> I was thinking the same. It's not fair in a time for many people, it's really stressful to then be like, okay, the one thing that you may lean on a little bit more than usual is now not available to you. That's not fair. And I absolutely understand the whole thing with smoking. But also in the same way, if somebody is an addict, and they are addicted to it, cutting that off straight away also can bring on an illness as well. So mm. the whole thing is if you're smoking, you're compromising your air passages anyway. And they know this. So that's a separate thing. But actually banning things is out of order. I most definitely could not live without internet and plantain. Those two things not being around, I'm just going to lie on the floor in my garden, spread eagle, just like, okay, I'm ready to go now. It's fine. It's all right. Yeah, they can't take away alcohol. I'm sorry. If they took away alcohol and they set a limit on it before they took it away, I'd go to all the shops in the Tamar radius and get my limit. Now, I just have to say I'm not an alcoholic. However, being indoors, doing all the things that you said, Sarita, like, I need to have a drink. I'm not being funny, but when it gets to a certain time of day, it's time for me to have a drink. I don't smoke no more. Let me live in it. The extreme for me would be if they banned, or if there's, do you know what, they wouldn't ban water, that'd be silly, but they had water shortage where the point was we couldn't, like we could only have one bottle per week or something. The way me and my daughter go through water, because also where we live, our water runs mad. So I don't drink our tap water. I haven't got a filter machine. I slightly don't trust filters. I just don't believe it's so easy to clean the water, just putting a thing on your tap and then all of a sudden your water's clean. I don't quite trust them all. However, so I don't have a filter. We buy water. Sorry, plastic people. I, we buy bottles of water. So if there's a water shortage during this time, I'd be dead. And, and again, also, if there was a ban on ice, even though I'm trying not to eat ice, <laughs> I would be really, really freaking stressed. That's what um, it's really about. For me, I hate cigarettes. So selfishly, I'd be like, yes, get everybody off cigarettes because I really freaking hate them. But I also understand that people need, in this time of stress, people need it. Because um, imagine taking cigarettes from prisoners, for example, that would cause riots. So I understand the need. The other thing is alcohol, there's a rise in domestic violence. Cases are increased by people who abuse alcohol. I don't know what the thinking was behind banning alcohol in South Africa, but I could understand them thinking, actually, let's regulate this because, so I don't know, but yeah, I, overall, let's not ban things, but especially not ice. <laughs> I was just gonna go back to what Farah said in terms of um, stockpiling alcohol. I didn't stockpile alcohol, but I understand if they said they were gonna start limiting and not allowing alcohol, I probably would have. But do you remember when they stopped selling 100 watt light bulbs? 
Yeah. Yes. I'm annoyed. I'm so annoyed that I wasn't one of them crazy ladies that filled their cupboard with a hundred watt light bulbs because these stupid dimmer things are so low. I can't see. I can't see. I need my hundred watt light bulb. We were driving through Islington and all of the pubs had been boarded up. So I was thinking, did they board oh. up everywhere just in case people started rioting? Has anybody else noticed that? We went past about five pubs and they all had boards up. And I was a bit like, oh, wow, is that, it looked like carnival. The way I go to work, I take a back route to get on the tube. So I don't see my regular high street. But because of this situation, it's mean I've, I've had to take different routes to, to places. And there's a pub that's quite popular or I thought was like a heart of the community type pub, but I saw it boarded up. But I assumed that it had gone out of business. But now you're saying that, maybe it is a thing because people, because I think, was it a pub or maybe it was a school actually that had been broken into for their resources, like foods and stuff. So, but then at the same time, supermarkets are open. So I really just thought that it was, um, they've gone out of business. But five in a row might not be the case. Uh, no, that's interesting. Maybe they know something we don't. Mm. <laughs> um, Jeannie May I don't know if you've heard of her I think she's on The Real I don't know where she's from but she's um, yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> she was married to a white guy and they have been divorced and her new BF is a black guy that's not the story here because who cares about some lady getting engaged the story is that in her past, on the reel, she made a comment about dating black guys. So she actually said, I love black guys. I did, I did. But for me, dark meat on the side. And she continued, white keeps me mean and lean, you know. That's why I married white. That's what I like. So she was basically saying how black guys are alright to date, and to, but white guys are the ones that you married. Should celebrities be cancelled when it comes to stupid comments or should we be forgiving Kumbaya and allow them to learn from faux pas? What she said is obviously problematic. However, she's now found in a situation where that's not her reality anymore. <laughs> Being a black person, yeah, it's very, very difficult to hear people say these types of things and have these generalisations and also knowing that that's probably just their experience. But because they have platforms and because they're on TV and stuff, they reinforce the stereotype that is out there or like a negative statement that's out there. But now she's found love with a black guy. They're engaged now. So it's just her perspective to a certain extent has to shift. I'm sure she's going to have to deal with this in the press. To be honest, actually, I don't know how I feel about this right now. I don't know because she hasn't in this state addressed this yet so I would have to see how she deals with this it's funny actually because Amanda Seals is on that show and she don't play so I would like to see Amanda's response to whatever Jeannie May's response is going to be as well can I just say that she's Vietnamese American heritage I just wanted to put that in and so Chinese what annoys me about this is that she could say these things about black people and black men and she will still find a black man to love on her. Not to simplify it, <laughs> however, she has the looks and the status to not have problems in finding a black man. Because what society has shown us is that black men don't mind dating widely. And so it annoys me that she can say these things and get away with it essentially, and it doesn't matter. She could have been extremely racist and said some real continuously derogatory things and she still would have found a black partner to date. So I find, um, what she said problematic. However, as Shade said, it's her lived experience. And if she happens to, what she needed to do is not speak up, not to say something like that. When you're on a platform like that, you might have your personal thoughts, but why are you saying that? I don't really watch the real catch clips and I can imagine the vibe and the tone of how she said it with a little bit of a, you know, quirky tone and all that type of stuff. But why are you saying that in the first place? That's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, this is a fully, fully loaded thing. So she is now engaged to Jeezy. Maybe before her relationship with him, she didn't have a serious relationship with a black person. I don't know if her husband was, her previous husband was white. I'm not sure. It she was. has also, yeah, he, was. he was, okay. So then that's what she's talking about. She's talking about her own experience at that time. She has also come out and said that her previous relationship was extremely problematic. 
So maybe she felt a way to say certain things at that time based on oh. what she was going through because she had some, you know, she's she's been open about the shit that she went through with her relationship. In terms of black men wanting exotic people, yeah, that shit happens all the time. And, you know, I don't know. I think everyone should love who they want to love. I'm just that type of person, I suppose. And what I don't like is when people say, I only date this race or I only date this particular type of person because it doesn't sound to me anyway like she was saying it to to put it out there that that's how everybody should be. That was just her own personal preference at the time. And she has also spoken about how Jeezy has changed her just thoughts about what is love and how you should act in a relationship now. I've watched various episodes with her on it and I do find her opinions are really one-dimensional. It's like she lacks the capacity to actually grasp different scenarios when she's in something. So even the fact that she was like really steadfast in I don't want children but then you've married somebody that did want to be a parent. It's just, she's messy. I didn't see the episode where she was talking about um, black men being side pieces, but I could absolutely get that she would go with that single track focus and vocalise it. It is a problem, but I find that with The Real, they can be quite single focused on there. And especially before Amanda Seals, bashing a black man you may get Tamar saying something to you but you could get away with it like the the twin that's on it I can't remember if it's Tira or Tamira but it's the one that also Tamira. has a partner yeah and she's really lily-livered as well about the black experience so these are the problems that I would have had with the real before Amanda went on there and I think it was conscious of them to add Amanda's voice in there just so that you can have somebody who is pro-black on that panel as well because a lot of shit would get said with a little bit of a slap on the wrist because the comic the love woman she also has some shitty things to say about black men all the time also as well i think there's like a cultural aspect here because jenny may she is asian and like a stereotype of the asian community is the kind of like the life is you are the better which happens in a lot of cultures including ours as well so that might be her going down that path previously might be to do with like her cultural background she's just in a different scenario but i agree with you nana i do think that no disrespect to her but maybe she just doesn't have the depth to articulate her thoughts on her experiences and being sensitive to the cultures that she's interacting but there is this whole kind of thing and i think people need to wake up and understand that just because you're a person of color doesn't mean that you can't have prejudice against other people of color it can be confusing to people but that happens all the time so tamara i hate hate her stance on interracial marriages i hate it i'm allowed to say this because i'm in an interracial relationship too but it's just the way that she keeps on going on about it. It's like, bore off. I don't care. And she says that she gets a lot of hate from the black community. So I, I can see why she, I don't know, pro-black men or even say something. But it's just the fact they've all got their own individual opinions, but they do need someone who is pro-black and pro that love. I think that they, that's what's lacking from that show. So Dave this week or last week shared a picture of a white girl on his stories, the, rap, the British mm. rapper Dave, and in the micro bubble of Twitter or whichever social media platform you use, some backlash. And sometimes I think these backlashes are framed before they're even backlashes. Most people don't even care, but because people are talking about it, it seems like it's hype. So there was some backlash. He didn't confirm he was dating a white girl. He just put a picture up of a white girl on his stories, whatever that means. You know, because he's quite pro-black or he's, he's got a few conscious tunes, that conversation came into play. But what I don't like about this, because I do believe, yes, love who you want to love, but I hate, especially in the UK, coming from a UK perspective, that conversation is never allowed to have to its entirety. Black women will have it, and maybe pro-black people will have it, but the wider community, we're not allowed to necessarily have a real conversation about the fact that there is something that's going on where our people in a public eye, and it trickles down into how we grow up and in our schoolyards and stuff like that and how we date on a day-to-day -day basis. Why there is something about why black men in the majority date outside and how women of other ethnicities, exotic, white or whatever, can do what they like, say what they like, and then still find a man, but yet you've got a lot of high majority of black women who are single, can't get black men if that's their preference. And we're told to expand our tastes, shut that down and not have a conversation about, okay, yes, 
it's okay that you don't eat who you want, but actually if we're saying there's a pattern, like why is it predominantly, especially our young, if we're looking at our young celebrities, why do they predominantly go out of white, light or exotic looking women? Why is it a thing where black women are continuously in 2020 seen as the bottom taste um, when it comes to looks? And we're not allowed to have that conversation without sounding like we're bitter, like we're against love, because now the narrative is, oh, just love who you want. It's cool, but there is an actual problem in society where black women are in the high majority single and cannot, if they like black men, get with a black man. So that, I mean, it's a wider conversation, but it's just interesting. It does bother me as a black woman who likes black men. Yeah, I heard about the day thing. I saw it happen. What I thought was interesting was ZZ Mills, mm. who um, basically kind of just made a comment of like, all you people tagging me in this post, why are you tagging me? Right. Because <laughs> I've been saying this for ages. I posed the question, why is it that people in the public eye mm -hmm. always seem to have like girls that are not black and they're black themselves. Mm -hmm. She posed the question and still getting attacked and it just seems like she's a young presenter doing her thing and she just gets attacked, attacked, attacked over this, uh, her arcs in this one thing, which she's got a point and she's just like, here it goes again. So I agree with you, Claire. People are not ready for that conversation. They're also not ready for the conversation. Can you be pro-black if your partner isn't white? Like they're not ready for that conversation. I think it's a valid conversation to have. I don't think if you date outside your own race, that stops you from being pro your race. I think you can still be 100% about your race, but you have fallen in love and married somebody else. It doesn't mean that you, you're not conscious of the black plight. There are some who are of mixed heritage and they are very pro-black and they've dated white and they've dated black. You know, it doesn't stop them from being activists and doing all the things that they need to do. Are you saying that because Dave's girlfriend is potentially white, it takes away from all the things that he said and that he's done before? I don't think that it does. I do think that people need to be open and that we need to have conversations about why people are interacting the way that they are. However, I also think that people grow up in areas that are a lot more multi-racial than they were before people are more combined than they were before you know urban if you want to use that stupid word and that's just who they're around i don't necessarily think that everyone goes out looking for opposite races i wasn't saying that it's so funny the conversation about can you be pro-black and date outside your race that question is never dealt with to the extent i think i think you can love your race and want your race to advance and not be persecuted and not be treated like substandardly. I think that you can be and you can still see love in other races. However, there has to be a question as well though. If you're promoting black love, black unity and all that stuff, but yet somehow you, you're with a partner who is not black, it is reasonable to question, well, how does that correlate to the wider picture? Because it doesn't mean say you as a personal individual are not pro-black. It doesn't mean say you cannot fight on behalf of um, campaigns and stuff like that. But I do think there is, it does pose a bit of hypocrisy. If your whole life you're campaigning and you're advocating black love, unity and progress, but yet you still find love outside. And I think that yes, we do mix and stuff like that, but okay, love who you want to love. However, there is some level of society has reinforced this thing that if you're a black woman, and especially the darker you get, and the more stronger black features with stereotypical square nose, big lips features you have, you are placed at the end of the pole of attractive, attractiveness and viability. And if you want to muggle with someone on your arm, it's not that pool that you're looking at. You're going from the lighter to more white to more exotic. And there, that is a real thing. Okay, what I was going to say, pro-black. I don't get why this term seems to stumble people. It's like being pro-life. If you identify as a pro-black person, then you are pro-black family, pro-black love. Like that's, you stand by that. So then you personify it, you show it. You have mm. a black family. You can be for your race. You can be for your identity, your culture, advancing and still have a partner that is of another race yeah. really but if you call yourself pro-black you can't be a pro-lifer and have an abortion exactly it doesn't, it, it doesn't work it's like then you're not pro-life the same way you're not pro-black it, it, i don't get why it's confusing everyone's seen love is blind right the netflix thing so lauren from the very beginning has said that she is a pro-black person. She comes from this family and they're all about that and they campaign about this, that and the other. She fell in love with this guy without seeing him. She came out of that experience with a white person. 
that did not take away what she had before. Go back to what Nana says about being pro-black. Language has got diluted and remixed. We say pro-black and then actually we break it down. Actually, I'm about the empowerment of people and the advancement of people equally. There's equal opportunities, equal rights. So I think that's where we say pro-black. It doesn't necessarily mean that. But if you're going to say pro-black, then I think pro-black means all the way. If you're about empowerment, moving forward and stuff like that, it's just language and terminology. Because, By the way, personally, I don't believe that she didn't realise at some point yeah. in talking to him that he was I agree white. with you. Like, she, like he knew she was black. I mm. agree with you. However, bef before that experience, she had never dated a white person in her life. So she could, she could say at that point, I'm pro-black. Yeah. Just because she started mm -hmm. a relationship with this white guy doesn't take that away from her. You could have dated black people your entire life and been like out there doing all of this stuff. And then you've fallen in love with a white person. That takes away everything else that you've done before. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I am pro-black and have a white husband. To the point about Lauren, her situation changed. So you can be pro-black before and your situation can change. But I think in terms of the terminology, I agree with AK that sometimes when black people, even within ourselves, we define ourselves, that definition gets diluted. Okay, I think this topic could go on forever and I definitely think it's something that we can revisit. We will do a special on this, guys, so be ready. Hey, I'm Auntie Sade and you're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for the auntie to fix your life. Aunties know best. Okay, so I've got a dilemma that came through to our inbox. And the woman would like to remain anonymous. She's been married for five years and she has got three kids. She's with her husband now, obviously, under quarantine. And unfortunately, one of her friends has seen her husband's profile on Bumble. Um, so she would normally talk to him about it, but she has accused him of something in the past. And she didn't have enough to back it up and they got through it and it seemed like the, the person was lying and also her friend doesn't actually want to get involved she's asked for a screenshot and her friend won't give her the screenshot so what should she do is that the same friend who told the woman before about some stuff and then they continue to stay in a relationship that's not clear okay having done this before i remember spotting a friend's man with another woman and I remember telling her and I remember getting horrible response from my friend because he managed to convince her he I think he said things like oh she's just jealous of you it's not true so she was like yeah well he said it's not true so I was like all right safe say nothing I'm not going to tell you nothing again they continued to go out and then they broke up because actually it was true because why am I as a best friend going to lie to you so depending on the person I'm reluctant to get involved I would tell my friends but boy so I understand why the person doesn't want to give full facts. If their friend is someone who's kind of easily swayed and manipulated by their partner to then just fall in line with him anyway. My mum has a saying, like, you don't get involved in other people's business because whatever is done in the dark will come to light and True. the light doesn't need to come through you. So if I'm going to tell the person I'm going all the way with it, it's yeah. not going to be half in, half out. I would probably have not said anything from seeing a profile on Bumble. I would be like, that's not enough evidence to really go into somebody's relationship and say something. Because I think if I yeah. was a guy, I would be able to explain this very easily. Like I was just messing about with my friends. It's a fake profile. You could just explain your way out of it because there's no evidence of actual cheating. So I probably would keep this to myself. And if I was going to say anything, maybe I would speak to the partner. It would depend on the person. And I'm also prepared to lose our friendship over this because people often shoot the messenger. It's a messy one. She needs to go with her detectives because you can't go to his car part in the state because he'd be like, oh, I made it up, I'm in quarantine, I'm doing this thing for my friend. I've unfortunately had to be in that situation before and let someone know, look, I saw your man. And they did believe me, but that's because of the relationship that I had with the person. And then what they do after that is up to them. If they choose to reconcile with the person or they choose to leave them, that's up to them. Okay, so I had a dilemma come to me via um, my family that both my brother and sister, well, all of us are all self-employed, but for my brother, he's a personal trainer. So obviously gyms are closed and he can't personally train anybody. And my sister is a tailor and lots of her jobs have been cancelled because weddings have been cancelled. So we were discussing what they could do, pivot, 
at this moment in time and how they could share their skills with people maybe to create courses or do online videos but for both of them they were both a bit like oh, I don't know if I want to do it so I tried to share as much as I could but if you guys have any advice as well that may be really helpful for them yeah 100% I was even saying earlier today the people that are killing it at the moment are personal trainers they're making an absolute killing the data is supporting that and also it could revolutionize the way that we train and change the gym industry as well I do two classes a day because I just have the time to at the moment I do one at eight o'clock in the morning and then I do one at 12 normally I just wouldn't have the time there's one girl that I know that her model is that she does daily classes but she's actually created a private Instagram so she does lives but she charges for it so she's raking in probably about 50k or something like that just by doing it you know we can talk offline but there's so much that can be done in terms of personal training plus you can still do your PT anyway in slot I think for anyone who's a tailor number one thing that people need at the moment is marketing do you know what yeah. I mean there's a demand there's just so much you can do also it's about creating online content be it building up your email list doing as much as you can in this downtime to push your business forward is yeah 100% key everything's probably going to go online anyway so whether you want to do it or not it's kind of up to you but if you're self-employed like now is the time to absolutely pivot and take advantage of this time because we wouldn't usually get it definitely personalized meal plans and again you could google a meal plan but you can't google a meal plan on lockdown what have they got in their cupboard he could do a one-to-one session let me look in your cupboard i will do you a meal plan specific to your needs and then sessions on Zoom or Skype, if they don't want to do it one-to-one, he could always record it and then send it to them to watch at a later time. Um, so there's loads of things that he could do online. Also, if he hasn't got a website, use this time to set up his website and get that clientele, make everything professional, reach out to other people, network online, look into how to make his business pop when we all leave this place. Um, the dressmakers, online classes, kids are out of school, do teaching kids how to sew, they'll lap it up, textiles online for kids, it's amazing, sell her patterns online, so we've got something to do ourselves, it's just endless. If you're finding it hard to work out what to do, what I'm doing with my own personal business is tidying it up. I had a backlog of stuff that, oh God, I've got to do this. I've got to find time to do this. <laughs> In all of this madness, the positivity is, I've been given this time to once and for all tidy up, whether it's just tidying up your inbox, whether it's organizing your folders, if it's sorting out your contacts, even if down to sorting out your phone, like if you've got loads of random WhatsApp images, all this type of stuff, it's about cleaning house. All the things that you feel get in the way of your day-to-day and just being efficient and quick and reacting quickly and smoothly to things. If you can't think of how to turn your business around, maybe it's about getting yourself, your business ready. People will want both those services as soon as the real world is back to normal. There are a couple of backlash memes to this whole needing to sort your business out and be efficient and be, do the best that you can and make the best time of this time. Just don't feel the pressure to feel like you have to achieve everything in this time because we're also talking about mental health. We're talking about people who are grieving. We're talking about people who have just, just don't know what to do with this space and actually want to just lay on the couch and take this time to rest. I, don't, I just think people need to yeah. chill that maybe we work, work so much in the real world that you don't even talk to your people. A lot of people that I'm speaking to are like, I'm actually getting to know my family again. Yeah. Because we're forced to speak to each other. I saw those memes and I thought, oh, this is nice. But then at the same time, I just thought, is it though? Um, <laughs> just because <laughs> I think if you're an entrepreneur and that is that your true spirit, you're going to adjust to any situation. Take a break by all means, but give that break a time limit. And then use the opportunity that you have because it is an opportunity it really is and the world is shifting in the last recession things like whatsapp were born these are the times where greatness can be achieved so just don't take that too lightly either whoever was lazy before this is going to be lazy now Mm. just know that you're probably not going to get an opportunity like this again for a very very long time the internet's not for everyone and i don't think people need to put things out like I was on Instagram today and I was so bored because people are feeling that they have to say something to stay relevant and I don't think you should just put out content for the sake of content if you've got something to say say it but if you're sharing your kids 
drawn a picture for the fifth day in a row, don't need to. We already seen that five pictures ago. Don't need to. Just don't feel the pressure. Don't put content out with no meaning, no reason. So also, this is not just about entrepreneurs either, because there are people who are in jobs that maybe they need to, you know what, actually change my job or change the way I approach my job and maybe learn some new skills. There's so many different people this downtime could um, inspire to do something different. So it's not just about even just about entrepreneurs as well. I'm just conscious of people feeling bad because they didn't do something. And, and I definitely agree, if you're an entrepreneur and all this doesn't apply to you, you're gonna do it regardless. I think sometimes, just as creative people, it's like we don't step forward with the knowledge that we have that you can share it. And there's actually loads of people that don't know what you know. And you may not be like an expert or have that, but you still have skills that people don't have that they would like to learn at this moment as well. And sometimes you need to just put your your foot forward and just share the knowledge that you have, however little it is or a lot that you have, because it can be beneficial to somebody else that you may not know that there's this whole market. What I was saying to them was, I feel like this is the moment you could find your network of people outside of the reality of them coming to your space now because so many people are on the internet. You don't know where that can take you. Like Joe Wicks, if he never went down this road with his personal training and really working on thousands of people changing their body, we wouldn't know who he is. He, ha he just put his best foot forward. I would say though, to have this energy when we're out of quarantine. Yeah, definitely. To continue it. So I had um, a message come in to the inbox from a guy. Not to say that guys are great, but it's just interesting when guys get in touch. You know they're stressed when guys actually respond to these type of things. So he said, he wants to remain anonymous. That actually gave a stupid name, Lufa Vandross. And he spelled Lufa as in the bath thing, L-O-O-F-A-H. That's how he spelled his name. It's so silly. Anywho, he says, hold on, let me get my stuff together. Dear aunties, with the rise in wokery and what's apology, how many family members am I allowed to block for sending conspiracies and chain messages? Love the show, Lufa Van Dross. Thank you, Lufa. <laughs> Go on, auntie, what's up? I do think that it's fair to block, especially like the negativity that comes through or the news reports constantly or the studies of th this many people have died here, or put in your postcode and find out how many people have, like, block. Block that person, because that's just foolishness. Or type in your symptoms and find out if you have it. I've received all of those from family <laughs> members, and I should have blocked them. Block them, brother. Block them today. Do you need to give them a warning? Do you need to say to them, because some obviously it's a bit much if you're blocking family members who are used to communicating with you. So do you have to give them family members a warning? Like, okay, look, I need to deal with this in my own way. You're getting too much. Do you have to give them a warning or do you just block them with no, you know what I mean? Just ghost. So I've got a cousin who is, I would say he's like 15, 20 years older than me. I don't know, I could be shading him right now, but I would give him uncle status because he keeps on sharing things that is old for Facebook. And I'm like, ha, ah, I've seen it already. I saw it like two years ago. Like, why are you sending me this? So I gave him a warning. I said, stop spamming me. I don't want it. I've seen it already. It's funny, stop it. And then he continued. So now he just gets no ticks, no blue ticks. I just ignore. But then because we, did another family group he's in that and now he's sharing the rubbish in there so i just purposely ignore i'm not going to block him but i warned him so i'm just going to ignore that's how i'm dealing with it hey i'm Aunt sarita and you're listening to your aunties could never and now we're about to take you guys back this week is my week so i'm taking you back to i guess the 80s slash 90s so i miss old cartoons and programs theme tunes there's no good theme tunes anymore and it's very frustrating when I have to sit through kids programming and I can't even sing along to the theme tune so I was saying the other day I was like what happened to like hanging with Mr. Coopers and gummy bears and raccoons and Muppet Babies you just can't compare all these 
great songs. So what's going on now? And I miss them and it's made me angry. And I, I just don't think there's any comparison. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong, so you can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're not I, wrong. And going on from that, I'm very disappointed in the new Thundercats. Has anyone seen it? No. no. I'm oh, I, I heard about it. It is it's a disrespectful. It oh, is. It's a disrespect. It is. I saw it advertised and I was like, that's not Thundercats. I got so annoyed and upset. I was like, what? they look like Simpsons. Yeah. They oh, look no. like the Simpsons. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I'm with you. Bring back the old school stuff. We need to hear by the power of Grayskull and them sort of things. Right. They're forcing us to think that we've got a short attention span because they're looking at the whole Gen Z and whatever especially me working in, in media, when everything's focused on, okay, we've got to get the young audience. The young audience have got no attention span, but yet it's also adults dictating how we're going to move forward. So it's a real weird cycle that we're in because now it's like, I now feel like I don't want to hear an intro anymore. I'm looking for the skip the intro button. However, I used to love intros, all those intros you mentioned, and then things like, I loved the Cosby Show intro. I loved... Doing, I used to act and act it out. I love the Different World intro. I loved Ali McBeal's intro. But now I skip through intros. So it's really interesting how society has decided that actually we don't like intros anymore. So they've done away with them. Or oh, they're really, really short. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I did some work for Brand and they were saying they only wanted a 30 second piece of content. And I was like, 30 seconds, is that it? And they're like, well, most people cut off after 30 seconds. So we'll pay you for what you usually do, but for 30 seconds. That's like... We, that's all right. It depends on the theme tune. There's good stuff like, did anyone watch Weeds? I didn't. didn't watch that, no. No, I think that's probably the last thing that I would actually sing along to. And plus they, I like it when they do changes. So like, you know, it's like the Cosby show, the mm. new season, you'd be like, oh, what's it gonna be? It's all different. Yeah. I like that, I miss that. It's like the Netflix issue, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've brought this on where you can skip it and it's just become, like, really commonplace. The only ones that intros that now stand out are, like, really iconic shows, like Game of Thrones. Like, everybody yeah. still knows what that sounds like. Do you I'm know what I mean? But, like, I'm, I miss Happy Days, man. I used to love singing along to oh, that yeah. and the end of it, Wonder Years. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, they, they were oh, tunes. They were actual tunes, man. <laughs> Seriously. I was going to say that Game of Thrones was hella long though. There's, I'd flip-flop in between watching it because I wanted to see the changes because that would give clues into how the series is going and all that stuff. However, then sometimes it's like, this is way long, man. I just need to get through this. It's, a whole, it's actually a whole tune. It's like a three-minute tune. Um, <laughs> like they need to have a music video and everything. But I'm going to say an intro. And I bet you annoying witches are going to tell me that you don't hit. I'm the storyteller. And, and my stories, stories must, must be told. Be told. Okay. In Germany, I'm Johan. In England, I am John. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. No, sorry. Everybody no. watched The Storyteller. That was like no. standard. Sorry. That was I... wicked. It used to be this guy and he used to sit in a tree and it's he used to have like stories. a little ukulele or whatever the hell it was. I don't know what it was called. It was and a lute. To... It was okay. A it used to have this little instrument. And he used to basically sing that song and he used to go around the world and that was it. I'm a storyteller. I'm a storyteller. I'm a storyteller. Sounds like a predator. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just going to ask what the fuck is going on because I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Google it. It was fantastic. Storyteller. ITV. Children's ITV? Yes, it was on that. It was on that. Going away from children's shows, I used to love, but also be scared of Prisoner Cell Block H film theme tune. Ooh. Oh, I loved that! He used to give me roses, yeah. I wish he would again. And because he used to come on so late at night and I wasn't supposed to be watching it, that used to freak me out. He used to give me roses, I wish he would again. Oh my God. Yeah, that was a bad one. That was a bad one. Neighbours! Yeah. Yeah. You could in the afternoon yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember I used to have to get the, I used to try get the bus from school. This is primary school. 
to try and go home to my grand's house so I can make sons and daughters. Yeah, I was with old people a lot. They, them things were great. <laughs> I don't know if I, I, don't, I remember sons and daughters. I love the theme tune, but I don't know if I liked it, but we probably did because we only had a limited amount of channels and what, choice. What, what did we have then? Four channels? Yeah, Four. roughly. Yeah. Um, I used to love Dynasty, even though I didn't have words like do 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 do. I just love the whole. How did Dallas used to go again? Because they used to be like a little mockery song of that, innit? Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to your aunties could never. Almost time to wrap up. But before we do, aunties, what's made you sad, mad, glad? What's made me sad is that I'm running out of food ideas. I'm getting bored. <laughs> I want to eat something else. I don't know what I want. I'm close to ordering something. And I'm very, well, I'm not anti-junk food, but I'm anti-junk food. And, and I don't want to fall into the trap of then make, thinking it's a real easy extension of my life. I haven't picked up any of these personal trainer videos. I'm still trying to work it into my newfound home life. And I'm struggling. So, I'm trying not to open the floodgates, but I'm sad because I'm tempted. I want something from outside. I'm fed up with my home food, so I'm sad about that. My mad was going to be about the Africa testing, but we've talked about that. So, you know what I'm mad about? It's a random article I found about Quentin freaking Tarantino having the audacity to say that he was almost going to make a Luke Cage movie. I don't know why this man thinks he's got, he's the oracle of black stories. I just need him to leave us alone and go away. Stop talking. He was like, yeah. He was going to do the Luke Cage. He was going to bring it to screen. But because he wanted to cast Lawrence Fishburne as Luke Cage, right? And then someone else was like, no. Nah, right. He was saying that it could have been his third movie instead of Jackie Brown. So it was back then, whenever that was. But even still, oh, he wanted to cast good. Larry Fishburne as, uh, as Luke Cage. And his friends were like, no, Luke Cage should be Wesley Snipes. So at the time, obviously, Wesley Snipes was the big guy. So either way, because of his arrogance and his feeling like he controls black culture, he didn't do the film anyway. First of all, just leave us alone, Quentin Tarantino. Tell your once upon a time in Hollywood stories. Leave us the frick alone. From when he did Jank, I was a Tarantino fan. I was. But his explicit need to use the N-word all the time. With constant! Him, constant, Sorry. constant, constant use of the N-word. And feeling like he's, he's one of them ones that have been invited to the barbecue and needs to leave. But yet everyone keeps <laughs> allowing him. Go. I don't want you here anymore. Django, piss off. His arrogance <laughs> around making Django. And actually, if you know filmmaking the hero should kill the bad guy but yet he let the two white men kill each other and then the two black people kill the secondary character i'm sorry I'm, i could go into just shut up quentin tarantino <laughs> it made me mad you've made me so freaking mad i can't stand you right now and anyway i'm glad because i put netflix on my mum's and um, tablets so that means when we go back to the real world and we can go back to mums there's going to be no more mum this is how you do it on your TV. Because now I put it on her tablet. She's literally a G. She messages when we talk. She's like, yes, I'm so happy. It's on my tablet. I can use Netflix. I'm watching. She's watching bare things. She's watching how to get away with murder. She's watching you. She's watching all these things. She's just an expert now. So when we go back to her house in the real world, when everything's over, there will be no more conversations about, can you just show me how to do Netflix on my TV? Because she does not get it. And it make, that makes me mad. Okay, so I'm glad. That's it. That's me. <laughs> You got it off your chest. Yeah. I've yeah. only got a glad. I'm glad that I'm considered vulnerable. I'm not really, but my friend just bought me food, so. <laughs> she left it at the doors, at the gate. She even come, we kept social distancing, you know. Oh, it was nice. very nice. I got turkey bacon, I got eggs, I got planting, and there's something else in there, so. She brought plants. Like, oh. Listen, that's made me very glad. Hold on. What's I made just... me sad is that Aquaria keeps interrupting me. What's making me mad right now, making me jump in, is that our mutual friends dropping stuff to our friends and leaving me out. What, plantain? Watch it. Todgy are calling you out on this podcast. Auntie Todgy, anyone who knows her, listen, I'm coming for you about you dropping plantain to Auntie Farah. What? It was an exchange. I gave her tan brambles. Okay. Because well, she got I'm... some Jamaican ones and I was like, mm, those aren't the real ones. I'm actually now mad at you because why haven't you given me some, dropped me some tamarind balls? Huh? Anyway, you guys need to develop your barter skills, man. Basically. <laughs> yeah, but have you noticed she's not offering nothing? Apart from mouth. 
<laughs> Moving on, Nana. What's your sad um, matter? Okay. So sad. I'm sad about all the people that are sick. Yeah, that's sad. I don't have anything that I've, that has really made me mad this week. I've been pretty chill. Everything's been cool. And I'm really glad I, I was listening to my godson and my son setting up businesses on a Zoom call. They've created a band that they're going to be in. They are doing um, an ebook. Well, they have four ebooks that are going to go on general sale soon. And then my son is starting a portrait business where you can send him your picture and he will do a personally drawn portrait for you. Oh, that is so cute. That is amazing. That's amazing. That's so cute. I've just got something to add very, very quickly. My brother's just sent me a WhatsApp message, right? And it's a screenshot of my stepdad sending him a message saying, please stop spamming my phone. God bless, stay safe. There you go. See? Warning. (laughs) (laughs) So for my sad, mad, glad, my sad and mad are kind of the same thing because I don't have a washing machine at the moment. I don't know if I told you guys, but my washing machine broke in January, I think. And I was trying to get a new one and it just got long and the company was terrible. So I had to get them to refund me, etc. And I tried to, then I tried to get another one and then Corona broke. So I don't have a washing machine. So I'm using a laundry surface at the moment, but it's just, it's just long. It's just not cool. But the service, but actually the good thing about it is the guy that picked up, he was actually quite hot. So that was nice. Um, so my glad is my boho crochet braids came today. So I have my post quarantine look ready. I'm very happy about that. I'm ready. I'm ready to get out of here, guys. I really am. Okay. See you in September. I'm glad that the boys listened to me and watched one of my old school um, Nickelodeon recommendations. Someone on Twitter said that, are you afraid of the dark? All of the episodes are on YouTube. So I said to Zach and Ziggy, you should watch it. And my favorite episode, which I remember, was the one with the clown, Zebo the clown. I said to watch it because he keeps on asking me if he can watch horror movies. And he's only 11, so I say no. So I said, watch that. Um, but I got sad because they both switched off halfway through and said it wasn't scary and it was rubbish. So they didn't even watch it. So that was kind of rude. Thank you, ladies. That was a great, sad, mad, glad. And here's how to get in touch with the aunties. Hey, I'm Auntie AK and you can follow me on Insta, Twitter and Facebook via The British Blacklist. Hi, I'm Auntie Farah and you can follow me on Instagram on Far Out Production 77. Hi, I'm Auntie Nana, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just follow me at Love Yaya. Hi, I'm Auntie Shade. You can follow me on all socials at Shade Salami. Hi, I'm Auntie Sarita, and you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, and all the good ones, but not TikTok, because I still don't know how to use it. Oh, and you can follow me at... at Hey, Sarita. Forgot to put my name in there. Hey, I'm Auntie Farah, and you've been listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Head over to SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, then listen back, and follow us on Your Aunties Could Never on Instagram. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.